What is the transcript? The transcript is all around us. It guides us. It feeds us information. Unfortunately, I cannot show you what the transcript is. I cannot tell you what the transcript is. You have to experience it yourself. So take the blue pill and you will wake up in your podcast studio. But take the red pill and I will guide you deep inside the transcript. You'll see how far the rabbit hole goes. Wow, what an intro. <laughs> <laughs> so you see, you see, I'm tired today. And like, um, when you're tired enough, there's a tiny bit of silliness in there. <laughs> and a transcript as well. So And the transcript. Yeah. Uh, listeners of the show, welcome. Um, we are now, this will be our third episode that will have an actual transcript on the website. And just just beforehand, we ended up kind of talking about that. So, uh, yeah, have a look. There are words, these words that we are speaking. It should be there as text on the Waiting for Review website along with the podcast episode. Yeah, you should really do that. Um, hey, Dave, how's it going? Pretty well, Daniel. Yeah, it's been a, been a good... It doesn't feel that long since we last spoke, actually. Um, I was going to say it's been a good week. Um, the last last however many days since we last caught up but uh, yeah yeah R regardless it's it's um an absolute pleasure to hear you hear you again likewise likewise um i have news oh I'm kind of excited you have news. You have yeah news. i can i have an idea but do tell well that sdk the sdk for mastodon mm -hmm. uh two to sdk that I've been mentioning on and off for a while now has finally been released. It's out there in the world. Yeah. Uh, I need one of those um, thingies, but like, yeah, imagine me doing the, the happy celebrating emoji. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really cool. Um, so Toot SDK, I can use it. It's a Swift package that I can Swift use package, to do yeah. common Mastodon-y or Fediverse-y operations like get yeah. the timeline for a server or stuff like that. Follow exactly. User. Yeah. Yeah. So you cool. can import, add the package to your project. Um, obviously import the, the library into your Swift file and then use a client object uh, that connects to whatever instance you want to. And yeah, like you say, you can then do regular operations on that. Like, Hey, give me the user's timeline or Hey, um, I want to make a post and it's got these images attached and you know, it's a, it has this content warning or whatever you want to do, right? This is Mastodon. We have content warnings, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's designed as being a turnkey thing, SDK library. You can just put it in and then start working with Mastodon data quite quickly. All right. And it is, it, is it Mastodon specific or is it, or different question, does it use ActivityPub or does it use like, um, like the, I don't know, the, the APIs for, um, for, for the Mastodon server and the APIs for the Plurama server? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the latter, right? So we're okay. not using any, any raw ActivityPub sort of calls and actually with good reason because mm -hmm. a lot of the operations that are relevant in this sort of way of working kind of live more at the, the API layer in some mm -hmm. ways. Um, and so what we're doing is the activity pub side sits 
between the the services right so that's that if you think of the stack that's that's going on at the server level uh the instance that your account is on whether it's mastodon or pleroma or any other sort it has a rest api and two test dk sits on top of that rest api all right yeah but the and yeah uh, I was going to say the goal here, though, is that it doesn't matter whether it's Pleroma or Mastodon in terms of your app and using two-test DK. You just use the SDK um, and you get posts back regardless of what the original encoding was. Um, yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. So I can use this to basically write my own Mastodon client, for example. Yes. Um, and like I say, that would be a client that doesn't care whether it's connecting to Mastodon, Pleroma, or some of the other ones that are quite similar. Yeah, that's nice. And um, is this in use from like is anyone already using this SDK? I mean, it's it's when did you release that? That's like just a few days ago, right? Yeah, yeah. So the time of recording, we released it approximately about five or six days ago. Mm-hmm. And as far as I know, nobody has put an app into the store in that time. But there are a couple of people who Slackers. are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Taking the time, eh? Um, but there are a couple of people who are hacking away using it as, to underpin the projects they're working on. Uh, so I think it won't be you know too long before there's something out there in production that's that's sitting on top of this. Uh, and of course, the other maintainer of the project, Constantin, um, and I, we both have our own apps that we're starting to build together on top of it as well. So um, yeah, like if if not from the community then we will definitely be dog fooding it and using it for for our own projects fantastic amazing um how has the project been received it's it's been received really well like within um the first sort of 24 hours things seem to go a bit crazy to be honest like my (laughs) (laughs) notifications were going off a lot as people were digging into it uh yeah if i look at the the repository at the moment we've had 212 stars on there at the time of recording um not bad for a thing that's like five days old yeah and i think about 150 of those came down in the first sort of two days so really cool yeah, and and the thing that's been really really fun for me though one of the goals with this right is Mm -hmm. that this is something that every client app kind of has to navigate, right? And mm-hmm. then, so by default, you're presented with these options. I want to build a client for the Fediverse, Mastodon, whatever. People will then naturally land on probably building out just for Mastodon as a first port of call. And mm-hmm. everybody who makes these sort of client apps is having to solve this problem. They're having to work with the API and work with the model data that comes back. And so it seemed natural to me that this could be a community thing, right? We solve this bit together and, and then as, as new things happen, you know, we, uh, it only requires an update to the SDK and then everybody benefits from being able to do those operations. And, and so one of the initial goals was that working as a community to sort of lift and shift this, this type of work without it being, you know, repeated again and again. Mm-hmm. 
And already we've had a couple of community contributions to the SDK. We've had people raise PRs and add some things that we hadn't done already. Um, that's something else to note is the SDK is currently at version 0.19. We have not reached 1.0 yet, and we're kind of reserving that for when we've covered most of the Mastodon API. So we've we've, we've got timeline um, operations, we've got post operations, but there's a whole bunch of other things for accounts and specific bits um, that we've not got yet. Mm-hmm. And other people have landed on this and gone, hey, I actually need to have a, a timeline feed of just my favorites. I want to be able to pull my favorites back or I want to be able to pull back my, my boosts. And so those have been PRs we've received that have added that. Ah, oh, that's really nice. The power of community. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and somebody else added a PR that has simplified some of the sign-in process. So mm-hmm. if you're using iOS or Mac OS, um, you can use this other way of signing in now with the clients where it presents a, a web view and it's using the AS, AS web authentication um, API to mm-hmm. then go and present that sign-in, uh, which, which is cool because it means that you can um, instantiate the client object, you can hit that call up, um, you get an authentication token back that you can then persist and use again on subsequent launches of your app. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, it's a real no-brainer. You can just make one call to sign in now. Wow, that's really nice. Fantastic. Yeah. Where does that? Where, 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 like, where does it store the sign-in data? Is it just like locally in the in some defaults file, or? Nah, we hand wave that one. That's up to you, the client app maker. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's good though because I'm getting ideas for like um, Mastodon stuff on the server or like. Mm-hmm headless basically yeah and like so it's not it's not ios it's swift right yeah that's right so yeah you could totally use this with vapor um on the server and that's that's also part of the idea so at the moment if you look at the the repo you can see it's we're supporting ios mac os tvos watch os and linux Um, very good yeah, Even that's been part of it, though, right? Is that we uh-huh. we didn't just want this to be, yeah, just for iOS or just for um, Apple platforms if it didn't have to be, mm-hmm. and and so yeah, expanding support out to to Linux and Vapor that's kind of been there from the beginning, and we've got an example app for that as well, and we have a Swift UI example app as well. We actually also have a command line app that runs on Linux oh. or Mac OS. Very nice. Yeah. So it's it's a lot of fun. Ooh, it's just a command line app. I'm getting um because like I've like I just thought like this week my one of my topics has been I love vapor, but compiling it from scratch is an absolute pain because it takes literally twelve minutes. Um, on most um on most, you know, like continuous integration hosts. Uh, yeah. So, oh, I could just do this. I just could just could, could just could do this without uh, even using Vapor. Anyway, yeah, um, yeah, you could. Yeah, but so how so how do you feel about it? Like, um, how do you? Um, are you happy now that's released? Like, what's yeah. what's the next steps? 
it felt like it had been hanging over me for a little while because I'd sort of said before, way before Christmas, oh, we might have it out by Christmas. Mm-hmm. And the, we hit a number of things along the way that just didn't, that couldn't happen. And so I felt a bit bad because we'd taken a step back, right? And then mm-hmm. kind of gone, okay, we're not releasing it until we've got these things. And um, won't get into the details of that too far, but suffice to say, working with uh, custom emoji images and getting them in line with text. Oh, yeah, that's hard. Totally as all heck. Um, and we haven't actually solved that, but we went round and round on a few different ways to, to um, format and present your posts and that sort of thing. Oh, um, many people haven't thought, like, I mean, Ivory hasn't solved it, for example. Yeah, yeah. There's there's actually a Swift UI package that does solve that. Um, okay. And we're using that in the example, um, in the example Swift UI app. Mm-hmm. But I only found that like a couple of weeks ago, and that was kind of a linchpin of like, right now we've sorted oh, this, we I can see. clean all these other bits up. Yeah. So, but I feel happy about it. I felt bad because we delayed a little bit from where we wanted to be, but then the release itself has gone really well. Like I say, we've had positive community engagement. I think it's been more useful for us waiting, you know, straight away as mm-hmm. well. And, you know, I'd rather this sort of thing be be ready ready to rock and roll when it's released rather than going, ah, it's actually 0.01 and you can't do much with it at all. I think that would have been a bit of a, yeah, okay, thanks guys from the community, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um, I get that. I mean, um, I mean, it's probably, probably a bit sad that over the last few months, (laughs) at least I, I know of at least five, um, Mastodon clients that have been started. And yes. of course they, they don't use, um, they don't use 2DSDK now because they can't because, uh, yeah, they've they gone too far that. down the path. Yeah. I think that there could be a route for some of those apps in the future if they wanted to switch over to using it in a sense mm-hmm. of obviously we'd welcome contributions from, from people like that as well. If there's more they can sort of bring to the SDK that we've not, not added yet. Uh, but the other thing about it is, is that, um, by switching to it, you will then start to get support for, for all these other permutations of, of instance with different API types that the, the SDK is solving. So then it doesn't matter if your client, if your user for your app has an account on Mastodon or Pleroma or pixel fed, those are the sort of main three that we're supporting to begin with. Um, it won't matter where that account is. They can use that client app if the, if, if to SDK is supporting it. That mm-hmm. could be quite attractive to some people. If they're not too yeah. far down one path or another, it could be quite good. Yeah, I get that. Oh, let's hope. Yeah. Because, yeah, and, because, and, yeah if, if, if they've just built it on the same basis, then there's a big chance that the work only has to be done once or and yes. it's more stable. And that's just a tiny bit less work. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? You were, you were saying a second ago, oh, I could perhaps use this on the server or spin up something to do X, Y, or Z. That's another side of this is that it's relatively turnkey. You mm-hmm. know, if you've got an idea, oh, I want a bot that just goes and downloads my, I don't know, downloads my timeline and then s- turns it into Markdown and saves it somewhere for me, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could do that. And you could use the SDK to do it and you could write it in Swift and you could set it up on a, I don't know, a GitHub action or something that's running on a regular basis. Right. 
you know, and use it in those sort of situations as well. So we, I don't necessarily want to be responsible for lots and lots of awful bots out there, but I think for people who just have a, <laughs> an idea that they just want to go and, you know, play with, and if they're a Swift developer already, boom, you can use this. Go and give it a yeah, go. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to make a bot with it. <laughs> uh, I just have to find the time. Like, I have created a to-do for myself. And it's just slotted in at its designated priority. And there's only like 4 billion other things in front of it. <laughs> so you'll get to that in 2032. Maybe, maybe, yeah. Well, moving on from my tooting, Daniel, tell us a bit more <laughs> about your, uh, yeah. Tell us a bit more about your list. What's been uh, dominating your time lately? Oh, so much. Oh, I wanted to go into a specific directions with this and I completely forgot about it. Um, but it's, it's going to come back to me at some point. Um, in the meantime, I can just tell you that I've been, I've been working so much. Oh, yeah. That was actually it. Yeah. I've been working so much on the filter editor for telemetry deck. So that because like previously people, like if you wanted to have just, um, parts of your signal, like, included in the data set for building one chart like that was like you had to enter man you had to manually enter json into the website and it would then like just say like every every line in the json then would would have to be true so all your filter conditions would be combined using an and operation basically and so i we knew we knew that of course this isn't something that can I can stand the test of time. This was definitely a, a thing that was uh, supposed to be better better at some point. And so I set out and was like, okay, so now is the, the, the time to upgrade this. Like we have a new filtering format. The, the, the query language has been supporting it for a few months now. It's just not, you just can't enter it right now. And so yep. I sat down with... Um, together with with uh, Flo, who's like providing a lot of like design inspiration here and like tried out various things also asked the, the mastodon community about hey how do you feel about this how do you feel about this and now mm-hmm. this filter editor is now completely done and you can use it and i updated the server to actually deal with the filters in the new format and the problem is <laughs> It turns out you can use that thing now to um to just just with pointing and clicking like create really complicated filters if you want to. It can combine sub filters or sub conditions using and can combine them using or. It also doesn't have to be an equals thingy. Like you can also compare against signal type. You can compare you can compare or compare against regular expressions, which is really cool. Um, yeah. but it is. Um, it doesn't really fit into the context of the rest of the inside editor, which is just where it lives. And so, and so um, because like because it just uses a different way of storing storing that data, right? And so I so I'm I'm always I'm thinking like, huh? I have on my like basically my next to do is just updating the whole inside editor. And so I'm thinking like, huh? Do I do I put a bug fix out that will just like make the existing editor work with a new filter editor or do I just hold everything back until everything is ready at once? And I, I don't know. I switch between, between those two options about yeah. 60 times a second. 
<laughs> Which one yeah. do you want the most? Um, what I want the most is actually to be to to have everything finished and released because uh, then people will be happy with with the telemetry deck, and that's, yep. that's all that I want. Um, no, but I think the right I think the right um, port like the right action is to release the filter editor um and and do the bug fixes that it needs because then there's there's a big piece of code that is out there that's being used and that's providing value to people right then and there yeah as opposed to just waiting until the rest of the editing stuff is done because who knows i might like stumble up over something tomorrow and then i'll be just stuck for a week or two and then like not only does get the like then then suddenly two features are blocked Yes. And so that's kind of, that's kind of shitty. And I think what I want to do, oh, I think what's the correct solution here is just releasing, releasing, um, the filter editor immediately. And then just have like these little step by step improvements. Like sometimes I, yeah. I, I, f I have to remind myself that we are not Apple and it's okay <laughs> to just release something tiny every week or so. And. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. I think it's, it's the right way to go because then like you say, your customers are getting the value from that. You're getting the feedback from them potentially as well. Yeah. And I think that's, that's better than just, just waiting and waiting. He says, after having said earlier in the show about <laughs> waiting six weeks or whatever for two test DK, but, um, there's a balance there, right? Between, I, yeah, there is. Yeah. So. <sighs> I'm, 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 I think I'm just so eager because over the last few weeks, I've really developed, um, a sort of roadmap of where I want to be with this, uh, part of the app with whole, with the whole editing your charts and insights. Um, I know how it should look technically. I know the features it should support. And I kind of know the, um, the order in which I want to develop those features. And so now that I can really see in the distance, like the way this, that this could look and feel at some point, like maybe during in the summer or in the fall, if everything goes really well, I really want to go there. Like I really want to reach that point <laughs> because it is so much cooler than, it, than what the software is now. Yeah. Well, that, that sounds like a good goal to have. And I yeah. think you're all, you're, approach of trying to sort of think okay can i release this and then add incrementally that feels like absolutely the right way to approach it to me it, it is it is i'm just like sometimes i'm i'm just uh I, i'm just like not i need to apply the brakes a little bit because i can't work on this thing eight hours a day no um, because there i i have another job which is basically the the co-founder job which doesn't involve any programming and if i spend yep. eight hours a day programming then i spend another four or five hours doing the other job and that gets I, i've been trying to do that but uh, i don't think it's sustainable no no that won't um, be sustainable you're, you're doing that's us doing one and a half jobs <laughs> at least yeah, yeah. so I, I i just gotta curb my enthusiasm i guess um yeah. But again, Daniel, like breaking 
the goal down into lots of small smaller goals and bits you can release that's an ideal way of them being able to um keep going with limited time as well oh definitely yeah and also like people whenever i like i i, I post about it on on the social medias and stuff like that then people will actually see that something's happening and like can, we can talk about it and stuff like that so that's really cool and um the only downside and i think that's one of my fears because that's actually happened once or twice in the last few weeks that somebody saw my 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 posting about various new features they made an account maybe even a paid account and 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 we're like hey this is actually like this exact feature that you screenshotted is exactly as expected but there's a lot of other things missing Mm -hmm. And so this is actually not for me right now because it misses it's it's missing this this and this. And that is so frustrating to me because <laughs> I completely agree. Um, but yeah, but that I that's just have a, to live with it. Yeah, you do, and that's actually you know, it's a negative in the situation in that yeah they don't get what they want immediately. Uh, but it's a positive in that it's obviously signaled. A positive path, right? This is something people want, right? Yeah, and so, yeah, it's awkward. You you get to say, "I'm sorry, it's not there yet," um, or "Yeah, me too. This is on its way at X, Y, or Z time." And they don't get it instantly. But again, I think anybody who understands what's going on with telemetry deck and how you're scaling it up and building it and that side of things, I think there's a bit of understanding people can have. You know, if you then come turn around two months later and, and and say, "Hey, this, you know, this bit within this feature that you wanted is now here," there's a reasonable percentage of those people who will then be like, "Great, I can move to this now. I can use this now," even though yeah, you didn't I, get them yeah, the first I, time. I, I completely you know? agree. Like, yeah. we've actually started to implement um, procedures of. Like basically, well, we have these these high level tickets about the of big features. We're just adding because those tickets are completely internal. We're just adding email addresses or not even just just names. I think of people that I want to email. Yeah. After the feature has been released, because maybe they're saying they can't adopt an entry deck before this feature isn't there, or maybe they're just like ah, uh, they're on the fence or something like that. But or they maybe they are a customer, but they've really requested that feature, and because they're a big customer. Um, that kind of bumped up the feature a bit in in the roadmap. Yep. Because yeah, um, I'm not I'm not a, I'm not completely above um, reprioritizing the roadmap if a very big customer says, "Hey, this is really important to me." No, and 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 you should be able to pivot and move like that. Um, at this stage yeah. as well, that makes that makes perfect sense to go and do that. Because we're nimble and stuff. <laughs> Somebody just sent me a message on um, Macedon that telemetrydeck.com was down. So I I very sneakily opened a, a browser tab and typed in telemetrydeck.com and it loaded fine. Okay. So I replied to that person, hey, um, I'm sorry, it, has, it is probably on your end because I have various things set up that will be will give me um, – that will like send me very very loud notifications if uh, any of our services go down, including the website. Um, and it turns out that apparently the website is not reachable if you're on on VPN. Okay, that's 
odd a particular VPN or just any um, type they're, of VPN? They're using Pro, Proton VPN. Okay. Um, I'll I'll have to research it or something. Like, uh, uh, maybe it's an Azure thing. Yeah. Um, and like specifically Azure, the Azure thing that kind of um, the Azure CDN, I guess, because uh, maybe they they do like. Um, they do CDN stuff where they like choose a server that's close to you for the static files. And our website is like 100% static files. Yeah. So, so maybe it's just something like that or a DNS thing or something. Uh, it's usually but, DNS when yeah. it's, even when it's not DNS, it's DNS. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, definitely. did that sound a little jaded? I've had a couple oh. of run-ins. <laughs> <laughs> It's fine. Be jaded about DNS. Uh, it is very yeah. understandable to be jaded about DNS. The most frustrating thing about it is just the how slow it is. Yeah. But on the other hand, it I mean, it does work uh, uh, like ninety nine point nine 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 and so on percent. It's only when you change something usually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. And that's frustrating. Um, and it's still um, quicker than a lot of blockchains, so let's let's not. Uh, I mean, yeah, the only blockchain, on blockchain that I use is Git, which is yeah. I think technically a blockchain. I think it is, yes. But we're not here to bash blockchains because I do that all the time anyway. Uh, I want to tell you about I bought a mouse. Oh, okay. Like an actual like Windows compatible computer mouse. I'm I'm usually a trackpad user. Like I love my my magic trackpad. Same. Um I I love like every time I talk to like mouse people they're like, "Oh, but you don't have a middle mouse button." Oh, and you can't I don't know mm-hmm. what's uh you can't right click and left click at the same time. Oh, I I could never because those two things are so important to me and I'm like you can't even do three finger gestures. You can't even do four finger gestures. <laughs> yes. How do you do the five finger pinch and swipe? Like you just can't. How can you drag and swipe at the same time? You can't. No. Um, I guess you could like drag and mouse roll or something, mouse <laughs> wheel. Um, anyway, uh, this is not a us versus them. No. Uh, thing, but instead, what has happened is, in anticipation of the launch of Kerbal Space Program Two, uh, remember for uh, the listeners, uh, I am a huge fan of this game, Kerbal Space Program, where you basically build rockets and send them into space. And the sequel has been announced for I want to say three years now. Yeah, and it's finally coming out into early access at the end of February. And so I've been considering, like, what do I want to use to play this game? I don't have a Windows PC. It's not uh, not for Mac. Like the pre- the the previous one was Mac compatible, but they only added that years after the Windows release. And right. I don't want to wait another few years. So I was actually considering like buying and or building a PC. I've decided against it because every time in my life that I've built a PC, just enough small stuff will go wrong. It is always a huge hassle. Um, And whenever I tell this to someone, this person then says, at least if they're like a PC builder or something like that, this person then says, nah, that would never happen. Like, let me help you. And then like the last four times or so, what happened was like, I told this person, okay, sure. Give me a list of exactly the hardware that I need to buy. And Mm -hmm. then uh, we will meet 
I will cook you a delicious meal and then we will assemble this computer together and you can look and you can check that I'm doing everything correctly. And then, um, and then, and then, and they're like completely 100% sure that it will all go smoothly because for the last 10 computers that they've built, everything went smoothly. And somehow always the graphics card doesn't get recognized <laughs> or it doesn't boot because some chip is not flashed with the correct ROM or like at one point the fan, the graphics cards, cards fan didn't spin because some tiny little cable kind of fell into oh, it. Yeah. And yeah. then the graphics card kind of fried itself. Or oh, I don't no. think, ah, uh, I think it did, it didn't fry itself. It, like it did. It throttled itself down to being unusable or something like that. Yeah, because the fan long story wasn't short, on. Um, it didn't. Um, so, like, I didn't want to want to buy a PC, and I kind of don't want to. Um, I kind of don't want to like, like, or kind of, I kind of don't want to build or buy a fully assembled one because, also, I have a Pro Display Display XDR. It only yeah. you can only use that via USB C, and I don't even know if you can use it from a PC. And I don't want to have another monitor on this on this desk. Like I like it nah. clean. Nah. So, okay. so I thought about yeah. GeForce Now, which is what I've been using to play other games, which is amazing. It is really cool. It's like this streaming thing. Yeah. Where um, basically all like not all, but a subset of the games in your Steam library, you can just open that and it will like render it somewhere in the cloud magically and it will appear on your on your screen and it will send all your inputs in there and whatever and it works yeah. really really well but it only works for certain games and so far the rumors are saying that ksp2 won't be among those games oh no so i went for i think called shadow.tech um and this is basically a complete Windows PC in the cloud for you. Oh, um, wow. Okay. Like GeForce Now is just basically Steam as a service. Like you don't have to ma maintain and manage the Windows PC, but this is. Um, so you give them, I don't know, 25 euros a month or something like that. And they give you a virtual hard drive. And yep. you can click a button to boot that virtual hard drive off an actual Windows PC that they have in their data center. So right. you're not renting the the computer, but you're kind of renting a timeshare on a computer. Yeah. And so I did that. <laughs> and then like you you boot it up. It is it's actually like a Windows. You can like install updates. You can activate Windows Defender, all those fun things. <laughs> um and so I installed Steam on it, and KSP2 isn't out, but I wanted to play something else just for just to try try, try out if everything works. So I played a bit of KSP1, and I also played another game that's called uh, Plan B Terraform, okay. which is really fun. It's like a factory game, one of those factory games, but on on Mars, and it's that does very cute graphics. And yeah, I, I might have to play that some more, but it turns out that. Um, at least with Shadow Tech, like my trackpad is just completely unusable. Uh, apparently, ah. GeForce Now did some con conversion stuff or whatever, like where it would, um, for example, if I scroll on the trackpad uh, on the Mac, it's it's super smooth, right? But on like normal mice, they have these these steps. So I scroll one step, and it's I don't know the web page kind of moves for I want to say like two hundred pixels or so. Yeah. Um 
And so <laughs> once like scrolling one step on the magic trackpad is exactly one pixel. So, <laughs> so like this was this game, for example, where we, we could like zoom in and out of the map using the, the scroll wheel of your mouse. And I just couldn't, couldn't zoom because it would always zoom in 100% in or 100% out. Oh, yeah. And um, what was the problem with KSP1? Ah, yeah, I couldn't move the camera because it didn't recognize right-click move. Because, like, normally, if I if I want to right-click on my trackpad, I just click with both fingers. Yeah. Then I can I can move I can move, and I I know that this works if I run KSP1 directly on my Mac. Um, but uh, like the Windows software or something didn't have the the translation. So so in the end in the end I broke down. I asked you've got a mouse. What is a good mouse that doesn't cost 150 euros? Yes. Everyone was like, yeah, get the Loggy MX Master 3. Mm -hmm. S. 3S. And so that was, that's what I have on my desk. Um, I, the, 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 basically it came, came down to either this mouse or, uh, which costs about a hundred bucks or one that costs about 15. That was like always the second place in all the comparison <laughs> reviews. Quite I read. a jump, <laughs> and I was like, really, because I was like, I'm not going to use this mouse all day. Like, this is a half hour or maybe an hour in the evenings kind of thing, right? Yeah. Um. So I was really torn, but in the end, I was like, ah, oh, let's just let's just make sure, like, get get the named product by a mm -hmm. recognizable brand because this will be more reliable. Hopefully, well, it's not <laughs> oh, <my. laughs> this thing. Uh, I, I chose it also because I want it. To, I want to use it via Bluetooth, not via a dongle, because I don't have any USB ports left. Yeah, um, fair. And it is laggy as hell. And oh, no. I googled, and it's not about Bluetooth. Like you can also use use it with a dongle or with a cable, both of which I've tried. It is just super laggy because it is incompatible with. Um, M1 Mac Pro, Max, M1 Max, or M oh, base no. Max, I guess, like Apple Silicon. Yeah. And, um, so it wouldn't even pair for most of today. I kind of put it to the side and was like, okay, I'm going to deal with you later. And then suddenly it was paired an hour later. Yeah. And then it was like super, super laggy. Oh, and no. people said, people said on the internet, people said, install the, the loggy software. Okay. And you can update the, the mouse's firmware. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I thought I left all of this behind. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, so no. I did. I did. Yeah. Uh, it didn't really help, but, but the behavior changed. And so I uninstalled the Loggy software again because I didn't want to cluttering my, uh, my, my uh, menu bar. Yes. And, um, yeah, and I did re did a reboot and everything. I reset the the Bluetooth stack, repaired all my stuff. Oh god! Um, it all didn't help. But the thing is, the thing is, right now while I was talking, I was just like grabbing the mouse, just moving it around. It moves. It the 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 cursor moves absolutely perfectly smooth now. <laughs> <laughs> like, so actually, it's working. Um, just complaining about it. Fix it. <laughs> hey, this is fantastic. No, I'm we, I'm completely ready for this is all um, you need to do. This is all you need to do, Daniel, is when you if you want to uh, build now a it's, PC. Now it's janky again. Now it's oh, janky. Okay. Uh. I was gonna say just dial me in and uh, ah, yeah. Not too bad. 
I was, I was, uh, anyway, this is riveting content, I'm sure. <laughs> but I'm interested in the, um, is it the GeForce Now uh, uh-huh. stuff that you said? It, it, is it performance enough what you're using, or is it the shadow.tech that you're actually going to use to game? Um, um, so I've previously actually used GeForce Now, and GeForce Now is really super performance. Um, it of course it depends how where you are in relation to the server. It, so if you're too yeah. far away from the servers, it might you you might have input lag, for example, where yeah. your inputs are not reaching the server quickly enough, so it feels kind of off. But with GeForce now, especially with the I don't even have a, one of the higher plans, but you get like a really big graphics card. Um, okay. And so I've, I've like with all the games that I played, uh, I played the newest Just Cause. I don't, I think it's Just Cause Four, and I played one of the Metro games. And both of those um, are graphically pretty, pretty nice. And I've always like set all the settings to maximum, even ray <laughs> tracing and everything. And wow. they look really, really sweet. And um, it it does it does do that without dropping any frames or anything. So uh, GeForce Now is pretty good, yeah. That's cool. And the 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 shadow tech thing. Um, so I I don't know yet. Uh, it has two tiers. Like the small one is twenty five bucks, and the bigger bigger one is fifty, I think. So far, I'm on the smaller tier, and the two games that I did play, they ran smoothly. But yeah, if I have to upgrade, then I have to upgrade. I think. Mm-hmm. But those also have like proper graphics cards in them. I I have no clue what they are. And even yeah. if, I, if I if I could tell you the number, like I'm completely out of date uh, with what's a good graphics card these days. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, both of those are like really good for um, playing like nice Windows based games on a Mac. That's cool. If you're um, you probably want to want to be connected to um, to Ethernet. So if you use a wireless network, it might give you too too much lag. Yeah. And you probably want to have like a good internet connection. And I don't know how, how it is in, in New Zealand, for example. Like if they don't have a New, New Zealand or Australia data center, they might yeah. be too far away. That would be the case. Yeah. I mean, we get decent connections to uh, stuff in California from here. Um, uh-huh. So that's, that's not too bad. But like there's still a bit of latency. I wouldn't necessarily want to game all the way over there. This is, this is where somebody who does this all the time is like, no, it's fine. You know, but for me, <laughs> my assumption, my assumption is it would be, uh, I mean, try that. You could like, GeForce now, especially you can try it for free. Yeah. I think I might have to, I'm, I'm quite curious. And, um, like I, I wouldn't want to want to use it to play like really twitchy shooter games. Like, yeah. like a, like, a, like, Quake online or something like that, and I oh. wouldn't want to play to play racing games because same thing. Like I wouldn't, I, I need all okay. my action time for that. So but, that's that, that's that's probably ruling me out because I don't like to play a lot else. <laughs> <laughs> so I what I like to play are like these. I want to say factory games, yeah, on and strategy games and stuff like that, and those are absolutely fine. And also like any shooter that is that has reloading, let's say. <laughs> Like anything that's <laughs> like okay, um, you can actually like think for don't 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 think, but you can actually aim at things, bef- and you don't have to just use your the back of your brain. You can actually think about things. Yeah, uh, absolutely fine. Like um, just cause is a shooter, and it's like 
super fun. It was like no, it didn't feel like I was. I feel I felt like I was, I was playing directly on this computer. Like it didn't feel weird or abstracted or something. Like, something yeah. like that. Well, I'll have to. So, yeah, uh, give it a try. Like, you have look. to. You have to own the games on Steam. Uh, yes. So basically, you download the thing to your Mac and then ask for your Steam login, and then you can click on all the compatible games in your Steam library. Or yep. some some demos, like it has some demos as well. Like okay, demos on Steam, um, and yeah, that's pretty cool. Awesome. I and will also, be in the same boat as you as well, in that I would need to get a mouse sorted out because I'm well, solely like, using a trackpad. As I said, as I said, like with GeForce Now, the trackpad support felt pretty good actually. I did play all those games that I just listed. I played um, Just Cause, like a shooter, with my trackpad. Okay. Uh, I played, um, what was that factory game? Dyson Sphere Program. I played that, played that with a trackpad. So it seems to be a limitation from Shadow Tech or maybe the, from the fact that Shadow Tech is emulating the whole, the whole computer windows and everything. And I'm sure that there's a window somewhere underneath GeForce now as well, because sometimes you see, for example, a screen, a Steam loading screen and that has (laughs) <laughs> windows window chrome yeah um but like they maybe they're just doing a way, way better job in their translation layer or something like that ah uh, this is the future daniel like virtual machines all the way down and uh <laughs> <laughs> network streaming nice yeah it, it is actually pretty pretty fun um so yeah because like I don't like I used to game a lot, but then then I basically founded a startup. But <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. So what you're describing now is like this is this is Daniel work hard, play hard, yield, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I I'm wish trying... I could say yes, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying no, to see my... if I can emulate your voice from the start of the show it's it's <laughs> daniel work hard play hard yog and then uh, what's your what's your nickname <laughs> i'm uh, dave doesn't game wood <laughs> <laughs> oh no from um, augsburg germany it's daniel work hard play hard yog and from wellington new zealand it's dave doesn't play and we are live now. And as we are seeing Dave actually play live on live on Twitch, we're gonna we're gonna have to live stream this on Twitch like your first gaming experience. Oh, that could be that. quite funny. Yeah, because all I right, so we've gone way off into the weeds for this this show. And yes, yes, I will probably keep the, this content for the listeners. So apologies if if our random gaming not gaming. Yeah, this is this is, is definitely is, content. This is oh content. yeah yeah. yeah. Yeah, but uh, no uppercase C. I I just don't play games, right? It's it's uh I I used to play except Doom, of, of course. Yeah, I was gonna say I used to play lots of Doom, lots of Quake um, back in the nineties, and then somewhere around about two thousand and three, two thousand four, I just stopped, and, mm-hmm. and I I tried to get into games in the sort of in the noughties, as it were. Um, you know, we had an Xbox, we've had consoles and things for the kids and stuff as well. But I just kept, I kept bored with a lot of modern games. Mm-hmm. Like I sort of, you know, I'll, I'll play 
a couple of levels or, or spend an hour and then I'm, I'm done. I'm bored. It's like, okay, this is not actually doing much for me. No, I get uh, that. It's, uh, and I don't, I really don't know why everybody's been raving about, um, the TV show for the last of us mm-hmm. and raving about how good a game. Oh yeah. It was. That is so good. And the game it's, too. Exactly. So yeah, if you're into it, you really love it. I found, I found the game did not mm-hmm. suck me in. Huh. Um, so, so not your kind of game then basically. Pardon? So based, not for you. Yeah. yeah. What you're but, and, uh, lots of different reasons, you know, and I'm mm-hmm. sure people who love the game will, will have their disagreements with me for it. But I, I felt like it was, uh, for me, what I played felt like it was too much. Like I was just moving from one cutscene to the other, mm-hmm. um, with, yeah, a, with a bit of grind in between, you know, uh, but this is this is personal preference, right? And uh, the game had mm. a whole mechanic about um, crafting and that sort of stuff, and I'm just not interested. It's like it feels like I'm now doing work instead of playing a game. <laughs> oh yeah, I mostly ignored all the crafting as well. Like for me, it's just yeah. like walking around in these in these environments where everything is like overgrown and abandoned, and just yes. like finding all the little stories like where like something's lying around and then something else is lying around over there and you can kind of connect them and have have like a little mini story about the people that used to live here or something like that yeah that's just like you know how like people used love to look at the abandoned porn like just pictures (laughs) of old old stuff uh, of old uh, houses and stuff like that and that just really does it for me with you with these it had a, a, an this, urban explorer kind of vibe. Yeah, right? yeah, I did. I did that a lot in, in Berlin. Um, uh, of course, nothing illegal. Like uh, <clears throat> <laughs> I was allowed to be everywhere that I actually went and stuff like that. Of course, if it wasn't that. It was uh, uh, not on purpose, of course. Uh, but yeah, I love that kind of thing, and that's kind of gives, and that's what I get from The Last of Us. I think fair. That's fair. But, and like yeah, I said, I don't want to yuck on somebody else's yum or whatever the phrase is no, right no, no. that's uh <laughs> you know that's um not so what i want to do but what what gives you what gives you that content pleasurable feeling and maybe you get that like some, some somewhere else i do and There's i mean different for things. me it was similar that my gaming really dropped off a cliff at some point in the noughties i love saying noughties um <laughs> And I really didn't game anymore and I wasn't really interested in anything, but then I kind of discovered a, a Kerbal space program. Like I was into space and then everyone was like talking to me about, wait, you're super into space, but you, you don't know what Kerbal space program is. And I'm <laughs> like, I, I, I really don't. Uh, and then I heard about it and it's like, was supposed to be this, this game where you build your own, uh, spaceships. Lego, Lego style, more, more, more or less, like out of reusable parts. Um, and, and it was supposed to be really realistic and very, very hard to play. And so I was like, no, I'm not interested because, uh, this, this looks as like everyone says it's too hard. And (laughs) then, um, someone somehow sent me a YouTube video, I think, of them just streaming the game. And I was like, oh my God, this is so cute. And oh, well, I can, I don't, I think I can do this actually. Yeah. So I actually did play that game and it, it runs on a Mac. So I could, I could just start it. 
That's another side of I it. Fell, Running a I Mac fell is... into a deep, deep rabbit hole with just that specific game. And yeah. that kind of rebooted my, my, um, my lust for gaming. Uh, so I don't game often, but like, you know, you know how every, every now and then, like, there's a game coming out where everyone is saying, Oh yeah, this is a nine out of 10. This is a 10 out of 10 game. Like, yeah. And if that is a, a genre and a, um, general, um, uh, a general type of game that I enjoy. And also if it doesn't support turfs, then I will usually get it <laughs> and, and play it and enjoy it. And that's, that's kind of cool. And that and racing games, racing games just, just give me like a deep satisfaction. It's just like meditating for me. <laughs> I'm just like sitting down and doing time trials and just really knowing a track or stuff like that. I think but I yeah. need to give, give a few of these things a little bit more of a try again, because it's certainly been, been quite a few years since I've given anything a dedicated try. So awesome. Yeah, not but too, yeah, don't, uh, don't feel pressured. No, no, no. But there's potentially a whole world that is just passing me by with it all as well. So that could be could be interesting to look at. Yeah, that's going to be our second topic. Uh, I see us like having two podcasts in the future. You know, waiting for review <laughs> and waiting for loading. Yeah, yeah. Waiting for <laughs> loading is is would primarily be me being the slightly grumpy old man in the situation. I think going. Oh, in my day, games were like this. <laughs> oh yeah, it'll just be me like presenting new game concepts to you, and you you'll be like, "Uh, nah, doesn't do it. Yeah. Doesn't do it for me." <laughs> um, listener, if you want us to start this podcast, um, if at least four thousand people write us on Mastodon, yes, uh, then we will do that. Dave, where can people find you on Mastodon? On Mastodon, they can find me at at David Gary Wood at social.davidgarrywood.com. Fantastic. Where can people find the um, Two Test DK? Two Test DK is just github.com slash toot SDK. That's T-O-O-T-S-D-K. And then slash two SDK again, because we have an organization and then the project. Smart. All right. Anything else you want to plug? I think that's it for this week, Daniel. Uh, but where can people find you? Right, I am Daniel at social.telemetrydeck.com. Please don't use a VPN to go there, apparently. Um, and uh, you can also go to tele telemetrydeck.com if you want to have really good analytics that give you usage data for your app. All right, have a wonderful day and see you in two weeks. Take it easy, Daniel. Bye. Bye.